You're listening to Morning Tide, the official morning show podcast of the San Jose Sharks. Now, here's your host, Ted Ramey. All right, good morning, everyone, and welcome to aptly titled Morning Tide. How y'all doing? Ted Ramey here, your host. I am happy to be with you as always. And how about the fact that we actually got to see some hockey within the last week? I know that for me, the entirety of the summer, I am looking forward to seeing it happen again. I go into withdrawal mode. The minute the Stanley Cup playoff comes to an end, I start thinking about when I'll see more hockey again. And I'll be honest, preseason hockey is is good, but it's not, it's not the real NHL season. But just to be able to turn on, well, not my TV, but my, my computer, and be able to stream the games and be able to watch some Sharks hockey on the, on the My Team Zap, to be able to hear Dan Rusinowski, for instance, that's enough for me just to get that little bit of a taste to continue to tide me over these last couple weeks until we get to real hockey being with us once again. Plus, we're getting to look at all these young players. We're getting to look at what the Sharks are building towards, and it was just a, a nice return to the norm. I mean, this is what I do at night when it's the regular season. I watch Sharks hockey, and we're getting closer to that reality happening on a night-to-night basis or every other night type basis. So it felt normal to be able to watch some Sharks hockey this last week. And the the thing that I'm really looking at this preseason compared to last year is last year, the talk was dominated by Eric Carlson. The talk was, I mean, that's all there was. It was the Sharks got Eric Carlson. How's he going to adjust? How's he going to fit in? How are the Sharks going to make this work? How does this change the power structure in terms of the team? How does this change the power structure in terms of the Pacific Division? How does this change the power structure in terms of the Western Conference? And we watched all these things play out and the entirety of the preseason was dominated by that talk. And we probably should have looked a little bit more at how the play at the blue line was, how we were going to do in terms of putting up a good front in front of Martin Jones because that became such a story throughout the entirety of the year. And this year, it seems like the offseason really set the stage for a much more calm preseason compared to what we saw a year ago. We knew pretty much that Jumbo was coming back. He said at the NHL Awards that he felt like he was going to be back for at least one year, maybe a couple of years. We knew that the Sharks had signed Eric Carlson. We knew that Joe Pavelski was already gone. We knew there were going to be no last-minute surprises heading into it this time around, and I guess you could say that's relatively boring compared to a year ago, but you know what? Boring is a good thing at times because you get that sense of what is normal for the team. You get into the routinized day-to-day ideology of what you do as an NHL team. You get into just the routine. And again, that routinized aspect of things, I think guys thrive off of consistency, and I think the Sharks are having an opportunity to do that this year much more so than they did a year ago. Last year, it was a whirlwind, and I don't think it had any negative impact on them, but I think right now, just because things are so calm, it has the ability to have a positive impact on them. And I know that some people are saying, oh, well, the Sharks haven't won any of the preseason games so far, and I'm not reacting to that in the slightest. Preseason is preseason. It, it shares, you know, the NHL preseason. You call it NHL, but it, it's not. It's not the NHL regular season. It's not the NHL as we know it. 
It is NHL players mixed up with lower tier players as guys are auditioning, as everybody's trying to figure out their roster strengths and weaknesses, seeing what their organization has from the top to the bottom in terms of depth, in terms of where their farm guys are. And that's part of what everybody's learning right now. And that's fine. But to be able to look at these games and say, oh, I can derive A, B, and C from what I'm seeing, I don't think you can. What we've seen from the Sharks so far is that once we got to see Jones, yeah, we liked what we saw out of him. Pete DeBoer was confident in what we saw out of him. But again, it's preseason. It's still rusty. It's still a long way to go until these guys are ready for game number one even. I mean, so much happens between these first few games and where they get to game number one. And then in the first couple months of the season, there's still a lot that can happen. But, you know, you talk about these young guys like, again, Blickfeld. You watch the goal he scored the other night. You see why there is so much hype about him. You see why there is such a... You know, his point numbers were off the charts in the in the WHL. You see why the Sharks are talking about these young guys. And it's not not hard to see why. I mean, you look at Brodzinski, you look at Wiederer, Leon Bergman, Chekovich. I mean, these are the guys who are going to be more and more the future of the San Jose Sharks. And of course, you're excited to see what they can do. But you're getting these auditions in preseason games that are, again, they are similar to the NHL and what we'll see in the regular season, but it's not really the same at all. But are you getting an idea of whether or not they can play? Are you getting an idea of how they stack up compared to the rest of the NHL? And the answer is yes. And that's what Pete DeBoer and his coaching staff are doing. They're looking at all these games. They're looking at these players and deciding who can help them immediately who needs more time at the lower levels. And they're making these decisions based on that. This is not, This is what the Sharks' deficiencies are. This is what their strengths are. This is what we can project them to have in terms of regular season wins. That's not what we're experiencing right now in the preseason. I know a lot of people want to look at preseason in all sports, really, and say, this is the team that we're going... It's not. Just just throw that thought out of your mind. This is an entirely different type of game that we are watching. Teams working on certain aspects working on situational hockey, working on getting ready for the start of the regular season. These games are not being played or coached or organized like regular season hockey. This is the preseason, and it's entertaining, and it's good because you get more of a look at these guys than you otherwise would, but it's still not the real thing. There are positive takeaways. I'm not going to deny that in the slightest, but there is a big difference between what we're seeing in the preseason and what we're going to see in game number one. And yes, we will get closer to regular season hockey as we play throughout these preseason games, but it's still not regular season hockey until it's regular season hockey. These guys are getting in shape. They're getting their timing down. They're working on things in practice. They're getting themselves ready. And listen, I know they all come into camp in phenomenal shape. Guys can't afford to come in out of shape anymore. These guys are all supreme athletes. But still, you have to get that game timing down. You have to work on that chemistry. You have to find the bonds with your teammates. You have to find what works, what doesn't work, etc. That's what's happening on the ice right now. And as more and more of the projected Shark starters make their way onto the ice for Pete DeBoer throughout this preseason, you get more and more of a feeling of what you're going to be seeing in theory. Because yes, we're going to be seeing Eric Carlson out there. We're going to see Martin Jones. We're going to see Logan Couture and so on and so forth. But again, we're spending more time going in depth on some of these lesser known entities with the Sharks. And we're going to get into this a little bit later with Nick Nolenberger, the play-by-play voice of the Barracuda. But I guess my real point here is to not freak out about the fact that the Sharks have not yet won a preseason game. I would not go 
and overreact to that. I think it's just you're trying to identify so many important aspects of the team that go beyond the actual winning and losing. And I know that sounds odd because, to quote Herm Edwards, you play to win the game, but the preseason is a little bit different. And again, I do think that the Sharks want to win these games, but ultimately you're trying to evaluate talent. You're trying to find out what you have in a lot of these guys, and I think we've seen that so far. And again, I go back to the fact that there have been no giant surprises. There have been no overall shocking developments. It's pretty much going to plan. And again, that means that the way that Doug Wilson has situated this team and the way that Pete Boer has been able to utilize that talent that Doug Wilson has has given him, has allocated him, that means that things are in the right direction. And when things are going to plan, when there aren't these surprises, I think that puts you in an opportunity where you can excel. And for lack of big, mind-blowing storylines in a preseason, we just have a team that is very businesslike in their approach of getting ready for game number one. But one thing I did like to see was the fact that Timo Meyer scored the first goal of the Sharks preseason. And we've got him joining us now on Morning Tide. It is the one and only Timo Meyer. Timo, what's going on, man? How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks, uh, thanks for having me. Uh, you know, uh, just getting ready for for a new season. Uh, I was excited to be back here and uh, started training camp and uh, now back to work with all, with all the guys so it's a really exciting time uh, I think everybody's uh, anxious to get back uh, to, to the regular season and then get the season going so uh, yeah, great to be back in San Jose and uh, great to be back at work yeah, man, I know everybody's very excited for what uh, the team can potentially do. Obviously, some big changes in the offseason, but let's just go big picture with you. Last year, you took a big step forward. I mean, you were highly touted when the Sharks acquired you. Um, everybody knew what you were capable of, but you took that next step forward in your career uh, with a 30-goal season. Um, what was the biggest difference for you last year? It, was it just a matter of you think your game growing, and you know, it, was there any trick to having so much success last year? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was obviously a fun, fun year, and I thought uh, as a team we did well. Well, obviously we didn't uh, reach the goal that we wanted to uh, to get a Stanley Cup, but I think individually uh, was able to, to develop. Uh, obviously, get some more. Opportunity to play with some good players, get get some more minutes than, than the year before, which obviously uh, you know gives you a better feeling and also a more uh, uh, confidence. So uh, yeah, it was, it was a fun fun year and, and you know great great progress. Uh, obviously, lots of stuff that I could uh, take out of the season and, and learn. And uh, yeah, I'm obviously looking forward to this season to take another step uh, personally but uh, also the team I think uh, we have to grow to get learned from from the the mistakes we've made, we've made in the past and uh, you know going to the season uh, ready physically uh, mentally and then you know, just go out there and uh, mostly have fun and work hard as, uh, as a team. Yeah, let's go back to how you're feeling um, just physically overall because obviously 
you know, the team made a very deep run last year. It was incredibly physical, particularly the series against Las Vegas and St. Louis. And, uh, you know, the, the different type of play against Colorado, that maybe wasn't quite as physical, but was so physically taxing because of the speed displayed by both teams. Just where was your body when the season came to an end and, and how are you feeling now? Yeah, for the playoffs, you definitely need some time to just rest your body. There's a few bruises you're going to get in the playoffs. That's just part of the hockey. And uh, I love those those playoffs runs. Uh, they're, they're very teachful. Uh, it shows you how hard it is to win a Stanley Cup. And, you know, for through when you finish the season, you got to kind of regroup and uh, always you get your bruises fixed, uh, make sure the body is feeling, feeling right, then uh, get back to the summer summer workouts get your body back in, in the best shape you can be and then you know be mentally fresh I think it's time some time off is, is always nice to spend quality time with friends and family back home which is always a nice uh, energy boost for me so uh, I try to do whatever I can in my hands to come back here every season in the best shape and always be open to, to learn some stuff over summer uh, work on your game um, definitely take take some steps in, the, in your physical ability to go on those long runs, uh, which, which I've kind of figured that uh, it is real hard uh, at the end of the season. You got to make sure you do your work in the off season that you can prepare yourself as, as good as possible for for a long uh, season. I'm curious, was there anything that you particularly focused on in the off-season program or as you look ahead towards this upcoming season, is there an area of your game where you're saying, that's where I need to improve? Yeah, I think getting healthy at first and then you try to uh, improve in all aspects of your game. I'm uh, still only 22 years old and I think there's so many things I can still learn about the game all all three zones you want to be a reliable player in the defensive zone and then you know you get to play all three zones uh, 100% be a guy that uh, the coach can put on in every situation I think that's something I try to focus on uh, definitely some, some skill stuff I think you can never have uh, enough skill and, and, and enough speed at the fast but you think it's got to be quicker uh, your head speed's got to be got to be high and uh, I think those are some things that you can work on in summer and let me go over some videos and uh, but it, it's real nice to get back and you know work with your team and, and be back with your teammates to get on the ice with them I'm curious because you are obviously only 22 years old and you've got a birthday coming up right isn't is, are you a fall birthday I can't remember off the top of my head yeah my birthday is coming up in a, in a few weeks so uh turning 23 and a little bit older yeah just just a little bit but it's it's crazy because obviously you are so young but there's going to be um a lot of the talk has been the infusion of young players that are going to have a chance with the sharks this year uh blickfeld uh chimilevsky two to make uh, examples of right off the bat do you feel like that's part of your role to maybe help those younger guys along since you've been in that in that same experience that they've been that they're about to enter yeah, I know how it feels coming in and obviously they try to crack the roster and, you know, I think we got a lot of talent in this organization. So as my part, I'm trying to help them and, you know, just not on the ice, but off the ice as well. Just, uh, you know, be there for them, uh, talk to them. Uh, if they need, you know, any any advice, uh, you try to be there for them like, like some older guys did for you. So 
But yeah, like I said, I'm still young, so it's kind of a little bit easier because in my head, you know, I'm a young guy too. Yeah. Like to have fun on the ice, so uh, I think it all connects well, and you know, this time is fun where guys try to come in and, and make the roster. The, the competition is there, so it's, it's exciting, and I'm trying to push myself as well, uh, make make myself, and then fit the guys around me better. I'm just curious what your uh, assessment of Blickfeld was um, in seeing him, you know, briefly so far, because he's a, uh, you know, a, a scorer like yourself. Obviously, your games are different, but he comes off of a WHL season in which he had, I want to say, 63 goals, which was tied for the league lead. And then he had, I think he was tied for sixth in assists with the high, high 50s, something like that, and was uh, a points leader. Um, obviously, a lot of hype around him. Just curious what you saw out of him, um, you know, in these first two preseason games. Yeah, he's, uh, those numbers definitely say a lot. He's a uh, uh, real skilled uh, forward offensively. He's, uh, you know, he's got a real hard shot, and uh, you know, he, he knows how to put the puck in the net. So it's exciting to see those guys. Uh, he's, he's got a, you know, high ceiling. He's got a lot of potential, and obviously a lot of talent. So it's, it's fun to uh, practice with those guys, uh, see what they can do on the NHL level. Um, I think it's, it's always a little different to score in, in the NHL than it's in junior. But uh, those guys are like like Yoakum, they're they're open to learn and uh, they're they're working on their games. But it's fun to see them progress. Uh, you know, I've got to see those guys in the last couple of years too, and uh, just kind of the steps they take every year. It's, it's a lot of fun to see. Again, we're talking to Timo Meyer here on Morning Tide. Um, your goals often come in bunches. It seems like when you get hot, you get red hot, and you'll score just in a string of games. You'll put together these huge nights, and you had some, obviously, some incredible stretches. Um, is there any any particular reason why you do score those goals in bunches? Like another guy, when you were going off last year at certain points, it reminded me of uh, a former Shark and Patrick Marlowe who would get red hot like that as well. And that's just how some goal scorers are. I mean, I guess for you, do you think that means you're just scratching the surface of your consistency or just sometimes do you just feel locked in? Um, no, I think for me, I'm trying to be consistent in my game. Obviously, there's some, some nights where you get the lucky bounce your way, but I've always been a, a big believer that hard work uh, pays off and you're going to get the bounce your way. So, uh, yeah, it's obviously you feel a little uh, lighter maybe on the skate sometimes if you, when you score two goals tonight before or whatever, but uh, I think the mentality going into games for me is always the same. It's to win the game with the team. So try to put the team first and then do whatever I can to help the team win, and that's going to hopefully get me personal success as well. Now, obviously, there's a little bit more pressure on yourself and Tomas Hurdle and Kevin LeBanc with the departure of Joe Pavelski um, to the Dallas Stars in, in the offseason through free agency. Um, first, just your reaction to, to Pavs leaving, because this is this is you know been the guy wearing the sea since you've been with the Sharks. Yeah, Pavs is obviously, uh, you know, he's been a big impact on, on myself, too. He's definitely learned a lot from so sad to see a guy like that leave but uh, like you said for some younger guys like me Kevin uh, Thomas it's kind of a you know an opportunity to step up get some more minutes uh, you know maybe get some, some time in the power play uh, you know that's, that's something that should motivate us and 
try to make the team better. Uh, he was obviously a big leader off the ice as well, which is, yeah, I think uh, as a person, he was a real, real nice guy. Everybody liked him. Uh, so we always just try to learn from him. Us young guys, I try to, yeah, put that uh, into the locker room and then take that in our personal personal game and personal life too. Yeah, and it seems like overall there's a very um, a fun atmosphere in San Jose. Like even even Eric Carlson last year, who I don't think people looked at as as lighthearted. People seem to enjoy more of his personality. Tomas Hurdle and some of his exploits. People have long been smiling along with him. Seems like Logan Couture. I mean, Lo- Logan is as competitive as anybody I've ever seen in sports. Um, but it, you know, he was having fun with his goal celebrations in the postseason. Is it in the dressing room? Does it feel like it's a it's not just um, you know a team, but that it's a kind of that br- band of brothers, and everybody is having a good time together. Yeah, we we like to have fun. I think that's, that's a very important thing. But we also know when to be serious and when to work. Uh, you know, but just coming in to the rink, I think everybody is is excited to get to the rink. Everybody's excited to be around the guys. And, and we just try to keep it uh, loose, sometimes off the ice, just kind of uh, let everybody see themselves. Uh, you know, with a double Thornton leading the way, he's a, he's a very, very happy guy. Uh, uh, yeah, everybody everybody loves him. He's, he brings so much joy to the game. So I think that's uh, something for us young guys that we try to take, uh, take to and just come in every day. Really appreciate that we're getting his chance to play in the best hockey league of the world and yeah, play in such a special place uh, like San Jose. And just as a last one for you, Timo, again, we've got Timo Meyer here on Morning Tide. What's your reaction to when people call you a prime example of the modern power forward in the NHL? Do you pay attention to that at all or do you, or is it, or is it flattering? Uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely flattering. Uh, I try to not, uh, get too, uh, too much into, into that stuff but try to read uh, the newspapers too much or some, some stuff like that so uh, yeah I try to focus on, on the team it's definitely nice if somebody calls you stuff like that it's, it's flattering but uh, I also know I can do a lot more and try to take my game to another level this season uh, yeah try to learn every day and, and, and have uh, you know have the Stanley Cup bring them back to, to, to San Jose so that's, that's the main goal Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate your time so much. I know that obviously the, you're a fan favorite here in San Jose, and they're going to be happy to hear from you. You've got stuff to do, so I'll let you go. But thank you so much, man. Really appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you. Timo Meyer, everyone, a superstar in the making. And he actually, well, he's going to have the onus on his shoulders, he and many other guys, because one of the things I wanted to talk about was the idea of replacing the 38 goals that Joe Pavelski scored last year, or roughly 40 goals, essentially, I think the Sharks are trying to replace. Last year, Pavs had 38 goals, 26 assists, and that was in 75 games played. Obviously, he missed some time over those last couple of weeks of the season, and the power play took a hit. But Joe Pavelski, this is a guy they're going to be have to be making up for, but I do think this is something that they can adjust for and they can make up the goals that he would have scored let's just go down the list from the high level scores we're going to be looking at let's talk about Eric Carlson last year he had three goals and 42 assists in 53 games played but over the course of his career 
He's had about 9 to 21 goals a year. So let's just say we get an extra 5 out of him. Let's just say we get 8. We go the low end of his career average since he became a peak player. We get 5 more out of him. Timo Meyer last year, 30 goals, 36 assists. That's in 78 games play. And if you look at his overall evolution, he had 21 goals in his first full season. He followed that up by 30 last year. I don't think there's any reason you can't get five more goals out of him. Or I don't think there's any reason why you can't get maybe 10 more goals out of him. I look at Timo Meyer and see a guy that reminded me very much of Patty Marlowe, which is what I alluded to in the interview with him. He scores goals in bunches and he gets red hot. And I think that we saw that at times last year. But keep in mind, he's not even 23 yet. He's going to turn 23 in the next few weeks. So this is a guy who's getting better. He's unbelievably young. I think you can expect at least five goals more from him. Tomas Hurdle, last year, 35 goals, 39 assists, 77 games played. Do I think you can potentially get five more out of him? Yeah, I do. And I know it's kind of crazy to think to yourself, Ted, are you telling me that Timo Meyer and Hurdle could both go for 40-plus? I, I, I think it's within the realm of possibility. I know people are going to look at that and go, whoa, you're crazy, but I'm sorry. If when this year is done, you tell me that both those guys are near 40, would anyone bat an eyelash if you look at their progression, particularly Timo Meyer, the reason they went and got out and used that pick on him? There's no doubt in my mind that he could go that way. Tomas Hurdle has been getting better and better and better. Not a doubt in my mind. And it's, again, it's, it's hopeful, but it's part of the reason why the Sharks can make up these goals. Brent Burns, last year, I mean, he's a monster. 16 goals, 67 assists. Do I think he can get more goals? Yes, I do. Jumbo last year, he's not getting or he's not coming off of an injury. Do I think he can score more goals? Yes, I think he can. I think Jumbo can score more goals. So if he had 16 last year, do I think he has three more in him? Can he get 19? Yeah, I think he can. Evander Kane, 30 goals. 26 assists last year. That was in 75 games played. Do I think he has two or three more in him? I do. Logan Couture. Last year he had 27 goals, 43 assists. That was in 81 games played. Do I think Logan has more in him? Do I think he can get back up into the 30s as he has previously in his career? No doubt. Especially now that he's the captain. Especially now that he has all this onus. He has this pressure. It's all on his shoulders for sure. Kevin LeBanc is on a one-year prove-it deal. He had 17 goals last year. 39 assists. Do I think he can add potentially five more? You're damn right I do. Sorensen, he's another example. He had 17 goals last year. Can he add three more? Barclay Goudreau, can he add three more? I think he can. Let's just let's just look at this. Three more from Goudreau, three more from Sorensen, five more from LeBanc, five more from Couture, two more from Kane, three more from Jumbo, Let's go five more from Burns, five more from Hurdle, five more from Timo, five more from Carlson. And what does that all add up to? That's 41 goals. And I didn't ask anyone to go greatly above and beyond. I just look at what these guys are capable of, and I think it's not an overwhelming task. I think it's within the realm of possibilities for sure. Plus, there are going to be contributors this year that we don't even know of yet. And there are also going to be problems this year that we don't even know of yet. But this speaks to the entirety of what we love about the NHL and what we love about every year with the San Jose Sharks. We don't know 
what we're getting into yet and this year presents many unknowns particularly with a lot of the youth that's coming into this San Jose Sharks team and to get into that we are going to go to the phone lines all right, and we now have joining us on Morning Tide the one and only Nick Nolenberger, of course the play-by-play voice of the AHL San Jose Barracuda, and of course the Barracuda have been instrumental in the development of the San Jose Sharks overall system that was, was a big part of why they brought them over from Worcester to San Jose, and we see the dividends start to pay off now that it's part of this the existing infrastructure. And Nick, man, um, obviously it's it's worked out well for you because you've got yourself a nice play-by-play gig and you're getting all the uh, the insider uh, outlook on all these young players that are going to be the future of the Sharks. And just, I guess, your, uh, your outlook right now as we get started uh, for another season of Barracuda Hockey. Yeah, Ted, well, I appreciate you having me on. Um, yeah, it's it, it, there's a lot of excitement going on, obviously, within, you know, for the Sharks and, and what the season could, you know, behold. But, you know, a lot of excitement about what the AHL team could produce as well. I mean, um, this is a, a Barracuda team that has reached the playoffs in each and every year that they've been in San Jose, and they're expected to reach the postseason again this year. And that's kind of the expectation and bar that they've set now. And, and not only do they want success at the NHL level, they want their young prospects succeeding at the AHL level, not only individually, but also as a team. They want these guys to be seasoned. They want them to get playoff games under their belt. So, you know, the bar has been set. The expectations are there, and, and they're expected to be a team that's going to compete in the Pacific Division. And there's a lot of good young players that we've seen kind of glimpses of over the last couple of years. You can look at a Sasha Shemilevsky or an Ivan Kachovic uh, or uh, or Chekovich are, are coming in um, to this upcoming season. They played some games with the Barracuda. When they played, they've been really successful. So um, I, I know there's a lot of excitement from from the brass about what this team could do and um, kind of what the future beholds for the for these guys. They're going to be again one of the youngest teams in the AHL. So um, from my standpoint, I'm excited to watch them, and I, I think this team could go a really long way. In terms of the young guys, everybody's going to be paying attention to whether it's uh, Chemilevsky or if it's a uh, Blickfeld or just any of the names that are out there. Who do you think that the organization is going to be looking to fast track the most? And obviously, you know, I know they're not telling you all the secrets, but just from your from your perspective as a broadcaster, who do you think the team probably thinks they can get up to the NHL level faster than others? It's a good question. I think there's a lot of guys in the mix. Certainly a guy that you could look at, you know, pretty quickly as a guy who could maybe make a leap in the next couple months, at least get it, you know, some games this upcoming season is Mario Ferraro. Mm-hmm. He was a second round pick of the Sharks a couple of years ago. He spent two years at UMass. Um, he was a defensive uh, pair with Kale McCarr, who made his name uh, well known in the playoffs last year for the Colorado Avalanche. So, you know, he's played with uh, NHL quality defensive partner and um, he's considered a guy who has an endless motor. I mean, they've talked about it. The front office has talked about it several times. Doug Wilson Jr. Just this guy comes to practice every day. It doesn't matter if it's a Monday or, or, you know, a morning skate. He brings the energy and it's contagious. He's relentless. So it's kind of hard to, I, I, I think it would be hard to, to, you know, almost bottle him into the AHL and bottle him into, you know, playing just in the American League this year just because of the the energy and the enthusiasm he has for the game I think he's certainly going to get a look at the forward position you got a handful of guys you mentioned a Blickfeld um, Noah Gregor has been extremely impressive so far during preseason and in training camp but both those guys are 20 years old so they're yeah. pretty young another guy who's in the mix uh, Leon Bergman who, mm-hmm. who was impressive uh, in the preseason game just the other day and I know uh, the conversation is starting to ramp up on him on whether he can make the big club again just 20 years of age so a guy I look at who's got some AHL experience and has been been uh, consistent the AHL is an Alexander True. He's six foot five, 
Um, he's over 220 pounds. Um, he's cut his teeth in the AHL. He's uh, finished second in scoring his rookie year for the Barracuda two years ago and led the team last year in pretty much every offensive category. So whether he makes it right out of camp or not, I think True is a guy that you're going to look to down the line who could certainly play a bottom six role. And I think at this point they're looking for guys who can fill that fourth and third line center position. And he's a guy who's willing to do it. He's willing to be you know, the first four checker in there, willing to take the physical kind of battle and, and, and rigors it takes to go in there first. And um, I think if, if you're looking at a guy from my personal standpoint that I've seen firsthand over the last two years who has a chance to make the big club and you know, be a, an impactful player, it's going to be Alexander True. Wanted to go back to Blickfail just real quick because I think it's interesting the way everybody talks about him. I saw you tweet this the other night. You used the term sniper. Dan Rusinowski used the term sniper. I've heard other people just use that terminology with him. And it seems like just in watching him, just the puck does leave his stick a little bit differently. There's just something a little bit different and pretty impressive about his shot. Yeah, absolutely. I was sitting actually, it was funny when I, before I tweeted that, I, I was sitting up top up in the rafters and I was sitting next to a couple of scratches, two guys who played for the Barracuda last year and Jeremy Watt, Evan Weinger. And mm-hmm. after Joachim Blickfeld had scored his goal, I looked over quickly at, um, uh, at Watt and he, he kind of had this, his eyes were, you know, wide open, big eyed. And I looked at him and I'm like, holy cow, that was a shot. <laughs> he goes, yeah, the kid can absolutely let it fly. And, and for a defenseman to say that, who, you know, it's competed in the American Hockey League and considered himself a, as a highly touted prospect, I thought that was pretty impressive because when you watch him, that's the first thing you notice. He gets the puck off his stick extremely fast. I think it's deceiving. And a lot of guys, from what I've noticed, when they're, when they're on the rush entering the zone and, and they're trying to beat a goaltender, not a lot of guys are going to try to go short side just because the goalies are so good and there's not a lot of room on the short side so the, what they'll try to do is sneak it inside the far post but mm-hmm. felt is such a quick release is an ability to kind of get the goaltender leaking off the post a little bit and that's how he scored his goal the other night so he has an elite nhl style release and i think that's where you start with him um on you know his projection to the next level they sent him last year they sent him back to juniors as an overage player and, and he dominated he was the whl player of the year so you wonder is it is it legit he's playing against a lot of younger players is it legit is he really you know as good as as he's you know putting his no as good as his numbers are and so far in training camp I mean he has taken a large step from what I saw him just a year ago and extremely impressed by him and certainly in the conversation whether he makes the big club out of camp or not I mean he's going to get a look as early as this year and definitely exciting for a guy that the Sharks took in the seventh round the final round of the draft they took and he's near the top uh, you would consider uh, in their prospect pool so certainly an intriguing future for Joachim Blickfeld. And I guess as a last one for you, what is your perspective on it as a broadcaster in terms of do you start seeing it when a guy becomes NHL ready before your eyes? Is there something that you just start to see where even more than the talk or what the team might need on any given day where you start to say that guy now looks like an NHL player whereas they didn't before or compared to the other guys right now this guy looks like he's advancing to a higher level? Yeah, certainly. I mean, just from my own, you know, from from my own eyes, I, I I try to you know pick the brain of some of our coaches and and some of the scouts, some of the brass, because almost to compare notes in a sense, um, because I kind of have it in my own head on whether I think a guy has an opportunity and whether I think he's legit or not. Now, you know, I, I want to make sure that what I'm seeing is, uh, you know, 
actually what I'm seeing. So I'll try to weigh, weigh the conversation with, with another guy. But um, certainly you see guys develop and, and kind of grow in front of your own eyes on, on, you know, their development. And sometimes it takes guys a year. Sometimes it takes them a month. And, you know, that, that maturation process, it, it slowly develops throughout, you know, the season, especially at the AHL because, you know, it's a great opportunity for these guys, these young guys to get top six minutes, get power play time, stuff they wouldn't necessarily get when they're in the NHL. So it gives them – kind of a larger sample size on what they could be and what you know the organization projects so certainly you see guys make steps in the ahl and and you're like you know i think he's ready you know i think he's ready to make the next Mm -hmm. step i think if he was to get called up he could contribute right away so yeah to answer your question certainly you see guys kind of develop and and grow in front of your eyes and it kind of clicks in your own head i think this guy's ready i think he could compete at the next level and i think he could be an impactful player for the sharks and just before i forget um all the barracuda game this year are going to be found exclusively on the uh, sharks and uh, sap app correct that's exactly right. You can also go to sjbarracuda.com slash listen, but we recommend to all Sharks of Barracuda fans, download the app. It's got a kind of a one-stop shop for everything you want in terms of CUDA coverage and also for the Sharks. Um, and you can go to the Barracuda portion, and during game time, just click on the preview, and then in the top right corner, just like the Sharks, mm-hmm. you'll see the radio icon. You can click there and list the all 68 uh, regular season games plus preseason while preseason kicking off next weekend. And then, of course, hopefully into the playoffs, we'll have uh, – radio coverage as well so yeah all streaming this year pretty excited about where that's going and hopefully uh you know we can get uh more people tuning in seeing the future of the sharks yeah i will vouch for nick if you're not listening to nick you are doing yourself a disservice you need to tune in listen to him do the call listen to the future stars of the san jose sharks and uh experience everything that we get with the barracuda being right here as part of the san jose sharks hockey scene nick you're the best man and i will see you out at the tank soon all right Sounds good, Ted. Appreciate it, man. Again, that was Nick Nolenberger, the play-by-play announcer of the Barracuda. And yeah, we just keep on chugging along with the San Jose Sharks. They are going to be in Anaheim taking on the Ducks Tuesday night. Then they're back at the tank Thursday night hosting the Flames at 7.30. Then you go to Sunday night, one more preseason game in Vegas taking on the Golden Knights before they get the regular season going on Wednesday, October 2nd. It is real hockey. The Sharks in Vegas taking on the Golden Knights. I'm stoked. I don't know if you're stoked. You should be. We're getting up on it, guys. The regular season is literally just a week and a half away. You should be excited. I'm excited. But that wraps it up for this edition of Morning Tide. A big thanks to Timo Meyer and Nick Nolenberger for joining me and talking to uh, everybody out there in the Sharks fan base. And we'll do it again next Monday. We'll do more of a big-time season preview looking big picture. I'm going to reach out to uh, some of my friends in the broadcast crew, and we'll get a great episode ready for you guys. And, uh, yeah, man, I'm just counting down all the days until we get to the start of the regular season. It's almost here, guys. I'm excited. I hope you guys are as excited as I am because I can't get enough of this stuff. All right, for the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off.